The Get Rich Slow Club podcast is a collaboration between Tash Etchman from Tash Invest and Anna Christina from Perla. The Get Rich Slow Club acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land we record on. From coast to coast, across land, waters and communities, we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Any advice is general and does not consider your financial situation, needs or objectives. So consider whether it's appropriate for you. Welcome to the Get Rich Slow Club podcast, where we take you from beginner to confident investor, where we can teach you everything you need to know about investing. So come get rich slow with us. When the new year starts, it's always a good time to try and make sure you've got everything in order. That's why we've got 10 steps to kick off 2024 the right way financially. But first, money win or loss today, Anna? Mine is one of those, as they refer to as girl math. And even mm. though I, I'm not a huge fan of that term, nonetheless, it's, it, it kind of falls under that weird category of things that happened but didn't happen. I went to an event and I parked for two hours thinking it would be done after two hours. I was over by, I don't know, 35 minutes and I was mentally prepared to pay for the parking ticket. I was like, you know what? That's the cost of admission. I'm okay. I'll have to pay the ticket. And then when I got there... There was no ticket. Oh, so I like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was my money win. I didn't have to pay the money that I mentally prepared to pay for. I like that stressful walk back to the car where you're like, oh my God, there's gonna be a ticket, and then that moment of relief. I'm like, oh thank God. Yeah, Good and feeling. then like run away quickly. <laughs> like yes, drive get fast. in and drive. <laughs> I like when you get there and it's like the universe has timed it perfectly for you and you see the parking inspector across the street, but they haven't quite made it to you yet. Has yeah. that happened to you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. You're like sweating and you're like, oh my gosh, were they on this side or are they on the other side? And then mm-hmm. you check and you're like, no, they, they haven't made it here yet. So yeah. What about I get you? a similar feeling when I see that my favorite yogurts are half price at Woolies or Coles. Um, I really like those Chobani flip ones. So they're the Greek yogurts with the little flavor things in them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But oh, they're awesome. like $4 normally or like three fifty or $4 and I'm not paying that for a yogurt. But when they're half price, sometimes you can get them for $1.75 and that's okay for a snack. So I get so excited when they're on special. That's pretty good. I buy the giant yogurts um, at our house because there's four of us. But now that my kid will be going off to like kinder, <laughs> I'll oh. have to be getting some of those. So I'll be look out, looking out for them being half price. Does he get lunch at kinder or do you still have to pack in no. lunch? Yeah, that's a new cost for my family to look into. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's like a four year old kinder program. So it's only two days a week. It is subsidized by the government. So it's free, but I have to pack lunches now, lunches and snacks, which is something oh. that wasn't the case at early childhood education. They, they fed the kids and now I feed the kids. So, so new it's budget. Included at- early childhood education, but not in yeah. kinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess because they're there the whole day or some places I think you do have to bring lunch, but the ones that I was at, they offered breakfast and lunch and two snacks in between. So that was fantastic. That's handy. I love seeing the TikToks of people packing the lunches for their school kids and they look so decadent and there's like all of these little cool lunch boxes with different snacks and yeah, it looks very fancy. It's a whole thing. Um, also, lunch boxes are so expensive. That's another mm-hmm. thing. That, anyways, without going off topic, but yeah, it, it, oh, kids ain't cheap. Um, (laughs) but moving on, let's hear these 10 easy ways to kick off 2024. So the first one is know where your money is going. Uh, it's really important to know where you're actually spending your money. If we don't track things, we can't change them. So that's why looking over your spending is crucial. It can be not that fun when you've spent lots of money. Um, but some of the ways to track your spending, you can go through apps like WeMoney, PocketSmith, there's Frollo, 
Do you have a favorite one, Anna? Um, I've used Frollo. I just kind of like the interface of that. I also did love Pocketsmith when I used it. You do have to pay for it and it's way better on desktop. When um, last year, I remember my partner and I wanted to know what our annual expenses were. Weirdly enough, there is no app that spits that number out. So everyone does a monthly or a weekly kind of setup. But if you want to know your annual expenses, which is what we wanted to know, because last year was, was it last year? Yeah, it was an expensive year because we moved, we bought a bunch of furniture. It was the most expensive year of my life. I spent the most money moving into a new home. And we were like, what was that number? Because we didn't properly track it. There was a lot of moving pieces. And that is the missing piece. So apps out there, if you're listening, please make it an annual expense because it would be really nice to see that. Not a hard ask. And please make it work nicely with credit cards. I find they don't quite work as nicely with them. Yeah, that was the other thing. I had an Amex and it wouldn't properly connect, I think, to Frollo, WeMoney, and anybody, I think, at that time. And I believe it was an Amex issue, not the apps issue. And then it looks like I'm spending. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it looks like I'm spending double when I'm paying off my credit card, but then it's also the credit card expenses, like going through and having to manually fix that was a bit annoying as well. Yeah. So to answer the question about the annual expenses, Pocketsmith was the only one that allowed me to properly do that. You can use it for free, but I think that you have to upload the actual PDF for the document to do that. So it is a a bit of a workaround, but that was the only one that I could get the number out that way. Awesome. Um, Other ways you can do this by using Excel. I personally don't really like Excel that much, but some people do. Um, You can also just write things down on a bit of paper or in your notes app as well on your phone. And that leads into number nine, make a plan and know your values. Once you've got a handle on what you're spending, take note of your values and have a plan. You can make a budget or allocate a percentage based on what you want to spend in a specific category, but it's really important to check in on your money regularly. And a huge part of this is just you want to make sure that there's no fraud going on, but also just reflecting on your money is a really good way to keep in touch with your spending. And seeing if it actually aligns with what you want to be doing. Um, I know, I think it was Jess we had on the podcast recently, we're saying to go through and highlight things in different colors so you can see how much of your money is being spent on different things. Like, is it lots of blue for social or lots of yellow for just bills and stuff like that? And also, is it helping you achieve your goals too? If your goal is to buy a house and all of your money is going to drinking or eating out or holidays, then it doesn't really align like that. I know at one point prior to kids, I was spending a lot of money eating out and I had to reflect on that and be like, this is where I get my social time, but is it necessary to spend that amount of money on eating out? Which made me adjust and be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to have a water instead of a drink, but I'll still have a meal because I need to eat dinner. So even just reflecting on those things and creating value is really important. Another great way is to actually document whether you got enjoyment out of it. So was that meal worth a 10 out of 10? Like, was it amazing? And the time that you spent, like how much joy did it bring you? That's a really good way of ranking that stuff. Whereas I know sometimes we're like, oh, I'm going to go for a coffee, but that coffee was poorly made. I didn't really have a good time. It wasn't worth the money that I spent. And just reflecting on that is a really good way to have a handle on your money. I feel like I figured this out pretty quickly when I was younger, when a lot of my friends were going out all the time and I didn't really enjoy spending money on drinks out. I enjoyed spending that money on traveling instead. So I think it's a lot easier to not spend when you know why you're not spending that money and that you know you'll get more value out of it somewhere else. 
Oh, absolutely the same way. I would be like, how about you come over to my house for dinner and I'll make us a meal because that was cheaper than going out to eat. Whereas now where I am in my life, I eat out so infrequently because I have to feed kids and make dinner at home and bulk meals and all that meal planning. So when I do go out, I really value that. Like I value eating out. So it, it is interesting. We, yeah, we went to Grilled that one time and you were so excited. I've never seen someone so excited to be at Grilled before. It was great. I know. It was so silly, but I was like, this is so nice. I'm hanging out with people. We're chatting about life. I'm having a meal. And it's because I don't do it often. And um, it brings us happiness when we do those things that are not as frequent as well. Which brings us to number eight, decrease your expenses and save yourself time. This is especially true for some of the big ticket items in our life. We talk about reducing our expenses quite a bit, but if you can save money, it actually compounds over time, right? Like if you're saving on certain bills every single month, that's a huge win annually. Some of the things that we do in our family is we use um, an energy monitor. It's called PowerPal. At the time, I think Victoria had like a free installation where they would set it up and you can monitor your energy use for the house. We realized that we can run the dishwasher after peak hours. So instead of paying the really high bill, um, really high cost of energy at that time, we run it at night when we're sleeping. So just little tweaks like that can save you money. That's such a good one. Um, also, transport as well can be pretty expensive these days. The two fuel apps I quite like to use is FuelMap Australia to see the cheapest fuel prices, or the My 7-Eleven app has a fuel lock feature as well, where if it's the cheapest fuel day, you can lock in that price for the whole week. Another good thing is we have to pay for life, right? Like the cost of living is high. So there are things that we can use to save us money. Cashback, Shopback, Top Cashback are all cash type apps that you can use that will get you money back. It might be small. It might be 50 cents or a dollar, but that does add up. And just recently I took my money out and it was like around 75 bucks. I was like pretty Ooh, stoked. Just additional money. Yeah. I was going to spend that money anyways. Right. So I use that. I also use honey. I talk about that a lot. It's basically coupon codes for online shopping. And then if you're buying groceries at Kohl's and Woolies, everyday rewards and flybys are just, it's just necessary. Just do yeah. it. <laughs> Especially now at Woolies as well. They have the member only prices for a lot of stuff. So it's worth scanning your card anyway. Um, another way is to use chat GPT and ask it lots of things. I've been doing this a lot more recently. Um, but with the plugins, you can get an investing plugin. You can ask it investing or money questions. Um, I know Anna, you were saying meal planning. I like to use it for, you can make it, you can ask it to be a personal trainer as well. And it'll ask you your height and your weight and your gender and your fitness level and then spit out a program for you, which is pretty cool. That saves so much money, like in life, like personal trainers are so expensive. So if you're self-motivated and you can use chat GPT, you're just going to save yourself a bunch of money. Plus, like you said, I do it for meal planning. I literally say, uh, this is my budget. This is how much I want to spend. This is what protein I want. I want that a couple of the meals overlap so I can use the same ingredients across that. ChatGPT will do that for me if you use that prompt. And it's just really important to use the tools that we have at hand. Plus, it frees up so much time. So you just go to the shop. You have your, your list of ingredients. It's amazing for that stuff. And I feel like it finds me answers quicker than Google sometimes. And I'm not getting distracted by Google ads or other ads as well, because it's just ChatGPT as its own platform. So that's been really good as well. In fact, we even use ChatGPT for this podcast quite a bit. Sometimes we're stuck on how to word things and we're like, oh, I wonder if ChatGPT can make it more concise. doesn't always work. Sometimes it's not as clear cut, but it does help us as well in trying to articulate what we want to get across as well. Even for this list, I think we had nine, but we wanted 10. So I asked it for some more and it kind of jogged our memories. 
Yeah. Yeah. It gave us ideas. So um, use the tools at your disposal. Number seven is make sure you're getting the best interest rates on your savings account. Um, There's a spreadsheet on Reddit that is run by the community and it's regularly updated with all of the highest interest savings accounts. And I find that really useful. It's so great that that list is updated because at one point a while ago, I think I mentioned I sold my property. I have some additional cash that I wanted to put aside that um, wouldn't have been beneficial in my offset account because the part that's uh, variable is covered. And so I looked around and so many of these banks have specific stipulations. You need to spend $1,000 or deposit $1,000 or you need to have a card and make five transactions or whatever it might be. And because that list existed, I was able to get the highest savings account with the least hoops I needed to jump through. So I was grateful for that. And now my money is accumulating money um, that way. And then eventually when I come off of my fixed rate, I will pull that money back and put it in my offset account. And some of them vary by a lot. Like I think some of the best ones at the moment are 5.55%, where some of the others like 3%. So there's a huge gap between some of them. And if you haven't changed, if you've been loyal to your bank, you might be at 1% because you haven't moved. Um, Loyalty is not favorable in the world of banking. So look around, definitely take some time for that. This goes straight into number six, have a plan for your home and ask for a mortgage rate reduction. Um, so call your bank and ask them, or you can refinance with a mortgage broker or with a bank as well to try and get a better rate. Also, a big money win that's so easy is changing your payments from monthly to weekly. Um, interest on your mortgage is compounded daily. So paying it off earlier every week instead of at the end of the month will save you money on interest. You can also, if you are a credit card user, again, um, at your discretion, if you're more likely to rack up debt, don't do this. But if you are a credit card user, and I sometimes am as well, being able to use credit cards makes me then go pay them off monthly, which means more money sits in my offset account as well. So because it's accrued daily, then eventually when I have to pay my credit card bill, which is often a month later, it pulls all that money out and hopefully my money was offsetting my account. So it's just, it's a a more risky contract controversial take on this, but something that may be interesting to consider. The financial behavioral financial, no, the behavioral finance side of things is quite interesting as well. I think I saw Ben Nash talking about this, um, but if you have a larger pool of money, you're more likely to spend more from it. So if you're using an offset or a credit card and you have access to more money and you're not kind of restricting yourself, you might spend more. So just something to keep in mind. I can attest to this because as I was talking about last year, spending a lot of money, moving to a new place, getting furniture, like I went full out. I was like, I want those pillows. I'm getting pillows. Um, and it was probably due to the fact that I had money in an offset account. Now what I've done is I've structured it. So I have two offset accounts. One is literally like a checkings account. Money comes in, money goes out. Like that's the one that all our bills pull out of. And then the larger chunk of savings that we have is in a different offset account. So even how you structure your money within your own banking system can have a huge effect on your mental load when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. If you're planning to buy, chat to a mortgage broker or have a look at any of the schemes you might be eligible for, like the first home super saver scheme. Uh, This is something I didn't do because I bought a bit impulsively or with less of a plan back then. So have a look into this if you're planning on buying in the next few years. This is something I did do. I did use the first home super saver scheme and I strategically paid attention to when I put money in at the end of June, at the beginning of July, because those were two different financial years in order to make sure that I had enough money for when we bought at at the end of the year. So just knowing that you can use the first home super saver scheme is a really great thing to consider as well. 
you timed that really well, having like both financial years in the same year, like putting it in on either side of the financial years. It's so good. Because when I hear it, I'm like, oh, two, three years is so long, but you can use the benefit of two years in the same year. Well, I did something weird, I guess, in a way. So we had, um, we were planning on buying. So we had savings put aside for our deposit. And what I did was literally my last paychecks of that month, I salary sacrificed them fully. So I had no income coming in because I was trying to get as much money in the first home super saver, um, as quickly as possible. So it like not, that's just what I did. It's it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, I made the most of it. Not something that's advisable for other people. Obviously you need to have an emergency fund and you need to be financially secure for that. But it was a way of considering how do I get as much money in at both financial years of where I was in time. So yeah. For renters though, it's always hard because like if you're planning for a house or not, or if that's not your thing, there are things that you can do as well. You can ask your, um, your realtor or your landlord, depending on who you deal with, if you can get a longer lease, uh, that's another way to make sure that they're not going to raise the price because you're stuck in the lease and they can't raise the rent then hopefully. Or if you're going on holidays, see if you can maybe sublet your room. That's another way that you can recoup some costs while you're away. And I know everyone says, get a roommate and we're, we're in that financial situation where if you are like, you probably have a roommate, right? Um, but it is, it is really hard to house hack at the moment with the rising cost of living. The subleasing one is a good idea if you're allowed to, for sure. Um, number five, go check your super. Go see what you're actually invested in. Go check all your insurances. Just go have a look and make sure you know and you're completely across it. I just did this. I thought I was invested ethically because I previously was and I don't know what happened, but somehow I was in a different in a different uh, fund, high, high growth, and I wanted to make sure that it was back in an ethical fund. So I went back and changed that. There's obviously implications that happen when you do do that. And I also updated my insurance because that was something I think we've previously talked about that was on my to-do list. So I got those done. Uh, Beginning of the year is always good to take a look and see if your values are aligned with the funds that you're invested in and same with your insurances. And number four, make a plan for your future and how to build your wealth. Uh, Most of us are doing this already, especially if you're listening to this podcast, I assume, but it's good to see if you're on track and if you need to change anything when it comes to your strategy. Some of my favorite tools are the compound interest calculator from Money Smart. Um, you might have seen those examples we use. Like if you invest $100 a week and you get 7% a year on average in investment returns, you'll be a millionaire in 40 years. Um, that calculator I use to play around with all of those numbers. Also, Perler has a fire calculator that you can check out and an investment frequency calculator. Those are always really good to think about in terms of your future wealth building. And also Aussie Firebug, who is a blogger about financial independence. He also has a calculator where you can calculate how much money you need in order to get to fire, which is retiring early essentially, but also where that intersection happens of when you access your super. So when you're in retirement and this is a really great calculator. There's a lot of people on Reddit who've taken it and reused it in terms of if you're, um, if you're, if you have an offset account, how does that work? What if your debt recycling, how does that work? So that's something we've played around with at our house as we are planning our future as well. Thanks to all the people on Reddit. There's lots of helpful tools on there. Mm-hmm. Number 
Number three is automate your life. And we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. If you can automate things, you free up time for yourself and time is money. So Tash, um, I know we both <laughs> automate a whole bunch of different things. And long time ago, you said you were going to automate one of your payments uh, for your credit card. Have you done that? No, no. I just checked and I actually was a little bit late on it. So the first time ever. So it's time to actually do it. I can't figure out how to do it easily. Um, I think it's one of those things I'll have to actually call the bank to set it up. Um, I've done it previously when I've banked with the same bank that I have my card with, but now it's separated. Yeah, I don't know how to do it, but I do need to figure it out now that I've paid what a dollar of interest maybe, which is a bit sad. Oh, I, I hate when that happens. Streak. Yeah. Oh, rough. Um, we all, it's okay. We all make mistakes. No, I don't yes. want to be, I'm not, I'm not. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. 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 But it, it, it is the hard. I know that I had a credit card with one of the banks as well, and they made it absolutely impossible to automate. And I wondered, is this a strategy purposely so that I mess up and have to pay 1% or 20% or whatever the credit card percentage is? So it's so interesting because I, when I banked with the same bank, it was easy because I saw it every day. I logged into my bank, but now that it's separate, it's like two out of sight, out of mind to me. So I might need to cancel it. But then Amex just lets me set up direct debit so easily. It's like, that's a really good experience, but not this other one. So I think I'll need to reassess whether that's the best card or maybe get another one with my main bank so I can see it every day again. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think it was ANZ that made it hard for me from my memory. But oh, yeah. yeah. Mine's a Westpac one at the moment. Oh, yes. not to name and shame, but... Yeah. <laughs> this is the way for my situation. If you banked with Westpac, it'd probably be fine because you'd see it there. But it is important to think about how does banking, what are the systems that are set up and how do they benefit us or hinder us? So just being like, aware of that. Taking as few steps as possible. Because with this card, I transferred the money to the cash accounts, but just didn't do the last transfer to the credit card account. So there's too many steps in that process. Yeah, which is, um, I think both of us have automated our investing with Perler. Um, I have definitely in the past. Currently, I'm on leave, so it's a little bit more sporadic. But I, I do have it set up so that when I hit a specific number that it invests it for me. And that has reduced so much of the burden of taking money, putting it in a brokerage, logging into my brokerage, buying the investments. Like having it automated has made my life so much better. Yes. Another option for automating is also Comsec Pocket is a good option too. Um, But we are definitely big Perler fans. And also direct debit your bills and your savings. I've done this for most of my bills, I think at the moment, but I just need to do that credit card one for sure. I'll get rid of it because it's not working anymore. Yeah. It's, I, I love that. Having the flexibility to get rid of things that no longer serve you. And have an accountability person to follow up and ask you if you've done it. That's incredible. <laughs> yes, sorry. Put you on the spot today, Tash. No, it's sorry. Good. It's good. <laughs> Uh, number two is prioritizing your financial literacy. Obviously, this is one of the biggest reasons why we have this podcast. We just want to share the goods when it comes to financial information, and we don't want to be gatekeepers. The more that we can benefit, um, all of us win in society. So some of our favorites are literally listening to podcasts like this one. And if you find this one beneficial, please, please, please uh, share it with someone. Subscribe. That really helps us within the algorithm. So do that. And, um, and another one is books, like definitely go read some books if you can. 
listen to them on Audible or Spotify. You can also get my book, Kids Ain't Cheap, but books are a huge one of where I learned a lot about financial literacy. There's also so many free courses you can access as well. Like our friends at Rask have free courses. The Australian Stock Exchange, the ASX even has an ETF course. It's just like a PDF, but that's pretty helpful too. The company who licensed me, Guyblay, they've got a platform called MoneyEd. So moneyed.com.au. I think you can get a free trial there, but that's created by financial advisors. That's a great resource as well. The secret here is just find one that you resonate with and stick to it for a little while. There's so many podcasts and so many books and so many platforms to do things on. So just pick one and stick with it for a while. And if you have friends who will talk about money, like that's an amazing way to kind of open the doors. I have a lot of friends who have come out of the woodworks who've known me like in, in for many years who are like, Hey, I want to talk to you about money. And I'm like, yay, let's, let's have open conversations because we're all in it together. You know, the more we can share this stuff, especially when it comes around pay transparency and, you know, tax ideas of, of how to better, better work through your taxes. Though those things are all really hard, but we can support each other. Yeah. And if you don't want to talk about your own financial situation yet, send your friend a podcast episode and be like, oh, this was interesting or send them a book to listen to as well. Then you can start having conversations that way. And number one, the most important on our list, as we've all been waiting for, is to make sure that your finances are secure. This is really, really important. There's a whole bunch of different things that we can do to make sure that we're financially secure. So we're talking about financial literacy and we're talking about finances as a whole, but making sure that your bank account is secure is like number one. So some things to consider is like never click on an email or text message that takes you to a different link. If you get a phone call, please hang up, block and report. You don't want to accidentally fall into some kind of fraudulent scam. Also, that goes for social media. We will never message you about crypto or investing out of the blue. Again, if you see those accounts, please block and report. The other thing that I've seen quite a bit is Facebook marketplace scammers. So if you're selling something you often have buyers who are interested and they'll come up with a scam where it's like, we've, tra- I've transferred, I transferred you money. Here's the screen grab. Oh, it didn't work. You need to transfer me money back so I can release that money. Be careful of that stuff. There are scammers everywhere. So just be aware. The next thing to do is change your banking passwords or all passwords regularly. Um, the new year is a great time to do that. And make sure you've got two-factor authentication on everything as well. Just keeps it way more secure. In terms of banking, sometimes it's a good idea to use a separate email for your really important banking um, and information. So like, no, don't use the same email that you use for social media or that everyone emails you at. It's quite easier for hackers to get a hold of that. So yes, definitely check your email, change your emails and your passwords if you can. And make it something that's not your name. Make it a different random one instead of just like an easy one for them to find. Yeah. Another one is that you can also lock your credit. So there's Credit Savvy, which is a division of the Commonwealth Bank, and you can actually request a ban. And what that does is basically if anyone is trying to access your credit file, it will alert you so that no one can take out a debt in your name. So this often happens if people are hacked. And another website that you can use as well is called Have I Been Pawned? And this is actually a website that says if there, if your email has been breached in any way in any kind of incident. So I've used it before. I've had emails that have been breached. It's um, a great way to kind of look at that, change your passwords and just be aware. 
These are all really, really good tips. Like as we're building wealth, it's really important to also protect your wealth in this way as well. And just take a moment and don't get too caught up in these scams too. I know the Facebook and Instagram messaging one um, does get a few people, but yes, change your passwords, new emails, lock your credit score, all the good things. Yeah. So those are a lot of actionable steps for 2024. But um, even if you can do one a week, that will set you up for the year in a really great place. Come find us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook group called the Get Rich Slow Club. Um, I'd love to see you there. And I want people to post in it. Ask your questions so we can answer them so everyone can see. I'd love to make it more of a community vibe in there. So come and join us. And that's all for today. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. If you found this episode helpful, please rate us five stars, write a review, or share with a friend. If you're new to investing, make sure to listen to our first 10 episodes. Follow us at Get Rich Slow Club or Tash at Tash Invest or me at Anna Christina. This show was brought to you by Natasha Edgman, who is an authorized representative, 12-99881 of Guideway Financial Services, AFSL 420367, and Perla, who is an authorized representative, 1281540 of Sanlam Private Wealth, AFSL 337927. Knowledge is power, especially when it comes to investing. So make sure you check out our financial services guides and read the product disclosure statement and target market determination for any investments you're considering. See our show notes for more info.